there is information that former New York City Mayor Michael, Mayor Michael Bloomberg has reportedly told his advisors to work on plans for an independent campaign for president. Now, a source familiar with him and his thinking said aides to the mayor, who was a three-term mayor, are looking at ballot access issues. Now, I've heard, and what is being reported today, that if Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders are the nominees, he will run. But I've got to tell you something. Not only because I think Hillary would benefit if he ran, quite frankly. I think he should run, and if he's going to run, do it now. now. And this is the reason I say it. At no time in our nation's history, in my opinion, has there ever been a more possible time for an independent candidate to gain any traction, any steam than now. In the Republican Party, there's such fragmentation, and among the top two frontrunners, there's such disdain, Donald Trump and Ted Cruz. When you look at the numbers today, Donald Trump has a double-digit lead over Ted Cruz in Iowa. Now, we know not everybody who wins Iowa on the right becomes the nominee. Huckabee, Santorum are two names of people that have won in the past. We also know historically that Iowa is more telling of a Democratic nominee, 43% of Republicans, even more, of Democrats. But we are one week away from the Iowa caucus. And Donald Trump does not speak, supposedly, for the Republican Party, and a lot of people don't think Donald Trump's going to win Iowa despite those poll numbers because poll numbers don't translate into votes. And I, and I said that today. It's on, on you know Twitter, everybody retweeting that, especially in a caucus. A caucus is not a primary. Voting in New Hampshire in the dead of winter in a caucus is very different than voting in New Hampshire in a primary in the dead of winter, period. I would expect Bernie, by the way, on the left, to take the lead in New Hampshire as he comes from the neighboring state of Vermont. However, when you look at the supporters of Donald Trump, Donald Trump supporters aren't caucus voters. And by the way, Bernie Sanders supporters aren't caucus voters either. In other words, all those millennials online that show up to rallies, are they going to take the time in the dead of winter to caucus? Can Bernie Sanders with the left and Donald Trump with the right do what President Obama did with youth and people who hadn't voted before or hadn't caucused before in Iowa back in 2008. Maybe they can, maybe they can't. I guess we will soon see. But what Michael Bloomberg appeals to is a move in this country that we are seeing state by state. We are seeing purple states turn blue and red states turn purple. And portions of red states turning purple and blue And that is that America seems to be more fiscally, uh, conservative-minded fiscally, but much more liberal-minded socially. More and more Americans, even if they own a gun, want more gun control. And certainly we have seen the majority of Americans who are gun gun owners want universal background checks. Now, I bring that up because when I was asked today, do I want... Bloomberg to seriously consider this White House bid and run as an independent, I said, yes, 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 he'll be the Ralph Nader of the right. And some people say, no, he would hurt Hillary. He would hurt Bernie. He would hurt the Democrats because he's into more government control. Look what he wanted to do with soda in New York City. He's anti-gun. And, of course, I would say to that, well, how much are Bernie and Hillary's people going to love him, especially Bernie's? He is a billionaire like Trump with a B. 
But Michael Bloomberg offers what some people don't have in Bernie, which is the conservative fiscal element, and certainly what people don't have in Trump, which is somebody that has more or less a conservative agenda, especially fiscally, and has experience, but he's not an inside-the-beltway guy. And he definitely, I feel, could appeal to those people that are undecided, that are independents, that are centrists, that are moderates. Now, some people say, look, he's not going to hurt the uh, the Republicans. He's going to hurt the Democrats because, come on, Republicans are conservatives and they want more of a conservative guy. This guy is looked at as a liberal Republican or even a liberal left of moderate on the scale of Republican. But we are seeing that Donald Trump's supporters aren't all conservatives. I'm not even sure what they are. And I think more and more people are disillusioned with the Republican Party and are going to not align themselves with that title, with that R, with that red cape. And we're seeing people who want the anti-establishment folks. Well, let's be honest. Senator Bernie Sanders is. I, I love the senator, but he is an establishment folks. He's he was a you know he was a House of Rep- he was a representative. He, he he was a senator. He's an inside the Beltway guy. Hillary's an inside the Beltway gal. Donald Trump is not. But neither is Bloomberg. Former New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg is seriously considering a possible independent presidential run. And he's looking at making a decision sometime in March. That's what we're hearing from sources. This has been reported to CNN just this weekend on Saturday. Now, there were two different sources that spoke to CNN. And one said aides to the three-term mayor are looking at ballot access issues. And um, they're not speaking specifically. Another thing may be age, but he's 73. Bernie and Hillary aren't, you know, any spring chickens, and certainly neither is Trump, but he's 69. Uh, The source also added that Bloomberg sees both races, Republican and Democratic, as becoming increasingly polarized. And neither of those sides really fit his, Bloomberg's, views. Now, he has flirted with the Oval Office aspirations in the past, He's been serious about a possible candidacy, and he is now. In the past, he hasn't run because he didn't think he could win. And one thing many of us know about Bloomberg, he's not going to run unless he really thinks he has a shot at it, as he did with the mayoral race in New York. Now, a decision has to be made. There is a deadline. The first week of March would be when former mayor Michael Bloomberg would have to enter the race. And... Then, in a sense, it would likely be before it's actually clear who the nominees are on the left for the Democrats and on the right for the Republicans. Now, the reason for this, you have to be a part of the process to get your name on the ballots in time for the November election. That's got to be done by the first week of March. Now, the mayor's spokesperson and you know his peeps are not commenting. But this was first reported by the New York Times on Saturday, and they said that he would be willing to spend $1 billion of his own money on a White House bid. Can you imagine just, A, having a billion dollars, and B, having excess of a billion to spend? <laughs> like, you have enough to live on. You have an extra billion in the bank to throw away. And I say that because if he loses, that's what you're doing. A source close to the former mayor previously told CNN he would seriously consider entering the, uh, entering the race if it appeared Donald Trump or Texas Senator Ted Cruz would face Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders in the general election. Now, he commissioned last month a poll to see how he would fare as a third-party candidate, and he specifically did it against Trump and Clinton. Um, They are the front-runners, respectively, for the left and the right Republican and Democrats at the moment. Um, The poll was requested when he saw Trump's rise to the top of the GOP field, 
and he's also eyed a run as Sanders has mounted a serious challenge to Hillary Clinton. Now, nobody's discussing what they found in the polls when they put his name against these folks. But the internal polling, some sources are saying, is that it would theoretically take away more Republican votes from Trump or Cruz than Democratic votes from Sanders. But, of course, that could change. Ohio governor and Republican presidential hopeful John Kasich told CNN in New Hampshire that he isn't worrying about Bloomberg's plans, but added that he likes the mayor. He said, quote, I just worry about doing my thing and we'll see what happens. But, you know, he was a good mayor of New York, and if he wants to run, it will probably stimulate the debate. I'm all in favor of that. Kentucky Senator Rand Paul, also in New Hampshire, a state GOP town hall event, told reporters that a Bloomberg run would split the Democratic vote due to the former mayor's longtime support for greater gun restrictions. He said, quote, it seems to be what activated him and inspired him in recent elections has been gun control. So if he splits the Democratic vote, those for gun control, that might be good for Republicans. Now, White House whispers surrounding Bloomberg. He's a longtime Democrat, as you know, who switched to become a Republican when he sought the New York uh, City uh, mayoral position in 2001. And um, he ran for his third term, by the way, as an independent. Um, And his aspirations to be in the White House, they're not new. I mean, he still remains a nationally recognized political figure. He launched a research effort into his chances as an independent back in 2008. And that was before ruling out an early bid in the primary fight. And he waited until November and at that time endorsed President Barack Obama for re-election in 2012. And the reason? Climate change in the wake of Superstorm Sandy. That's what he cited. Last year, the New York Post reported that New York Democrats approached him to gauge his interest in a presidential run. And lately, he earned conservatives' ire because he pushed for greater gun control. And the NRA launched an ad campaign over the summer accusing him of using his personal fortune to try and strip people of their individual rights and freedoms. Unlike the NRA, who's trying to use their fortune to cram more gun ownership down the rest of our throats. Right? Anyway, so let me ask you some questions here at 8886-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. One, in your honest opinion, how would a Bloomberg candidacy affect the 2016 race? Who would it hurt? Who would it help? Would it hurt the Democrats? Would it hurt the Republicans? Or would it take away from both. 8886 Leslie 8886537543. How would a Bloomberg candidacy affect this race of 2016, the presidential race? Who's it going to hurt? Democrats or Republicans? Or maybe both. 8886 Leslie 8886537543 is the number. Predict, do you think he'll run? Will Bloomberg run? 8886 Leslie 8886537543. And in your opinion as a voter, should he? Why or why not? Should he? Yes? Should he? No? Why? 888 Leslie 888-653-7543. Is America ready? I mean, are we ready for a third-party candidate? 888 Leslie. And if not, will America ever be ready for a third-party candidate? 888 Leslie 888-653-7543. And even if we have a third-party candidate... Could a third-party candidate ever win the presidency with the way the Electoral College is set in our voting process? Will a third-party candidate ever win the presidency? 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Should we change our voting system to instant runoff voting so that voting for a third-party candidate does something besides just hurt one side, like Ralph Nader did more than one time, and in 2000, like he did to Al Gore, 8886 Leslie, 
888-653-7543. And if you're not familiar with instant runoff voting, it has the effect of avoiding split votes when multiple candidates earn support from like-minded voters. And what about Bloomberg himself? I mean, would he have a legitimate shot in the year of the insurgent candidate if he runs? He's another billionaire out of New York who's a non-Washington guy like Trump. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Now, Bloomberg is very conservative fiscally, but he supports strong gun control. He has other liberal ideology. Would he get the Republican support he needs? Or do you think Republicans would say, nah, he's not conservative enough because you don't love guns and rub those bullets all over your body? Do you have a shot at the GOP in leadership? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. But let me tell you, those who hate Donald Trump or Ted Cruz and think Bloomberg could win, just like the evangelicals who said they'd never vote for Mitt Romney because he was a Mormon, you watch how fast. They put Jesus aside, they can put their AK-47s aside too. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Is it way too late in the game for Bloomberg to throw his hat in the ring for president? I mean, most of the candidates have been campaigning for over a year already. I'm not talking money. I'm talking momentum. 8886-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Quick break. Back to you right after this. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. Leslie, 888-653-7543 is the number. Starting it out with Paul in Washington, line one, listening on Progressive Voices. Paul, good afternoon. Welcome. What's your take on this? Is America ready for a third-party candidate? Should Bloomberg run, and should he be the third-party candidate? Hi, Leslie. Uh, Well, Michael Bloomberg certainly has the right to run. Uh, I think he'd probably pass the citizenship test. But, you know, I love you, dear, but I have to disagree with you. That would be a good thing. Um. I don't understand why people are so up for a third-party candidate. If if he ran, I'll answer some of your questions. I think it would hurt the Republicans more than the Democrats. Um, but whoever won would probably win with a minority of electoral, you know, with a minority of of popular vote for sure, in the same way that Bill Clinton did uh, and Abraham Lincoln. But the thing about a third party is Barack Obama won in 2012 with a smashing mandate, yet he has had nothing but obstructiveness from the Congress. So in terms of a third party, if we're going to have more than two parties in this country, then we need to move to a, a parliamentary legislature. Uh, that's, you know, otherwise, we're going to end up with minority executive, minor, executives who are voted in by a by a popular minority almost every time. And then there will be no incentive, there's been no incentive for the Congress to get anything done with, uh, with President Obama in his second term, and for the most part, nothing has gotten done. I think that's probably going to continue, but at least we need to have an executive who is voted in with a clear, at least there's got to be some clarity in terms of, 
popular majorities, if that makes any sense. <laughs> well, it, it, it does. But then again, you know, I, you know, look, I don't agree with you. Um, I'm a Hillary gal, as you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I I think it'll take away from Republicans because there are Republicans definitely that are saying, I'm going to stay home, who don't like Trump and who don't like Cruz. And I think they will stay away. As a Hillary girl, I also think it might take away from some Bernie people. And um, I, I do think it'll bring up some of those independent moderates, but not enough, I don't think, to knock somebody like Hillary um, you know, off of her platform. Well, no, I, I don't. Well, we agree there, but why? Why do you think that? Who? Who's a? I don't think Bernie supporters are going anywhere. I don't think Bernie supporters are going for, for, for Michael Bloomberg. Actually, you know what? I don't know. Um, he. We're going to take a break. When we come back, he recently, and even though some people think it's terrible and a shame, he was asked about reparations. He didn't answer the question. He tried to throw it on the president and, and Hillary Clinton. Uh, that's going to hurt him. People say she doesn't have a firewall in South Carolina. I think that firewall will come back up. That's going to hurt him with minority voters, specifically the African-Americans. Um, so, you know, we might see some of those voters want to move elsewhere. We'll be back, Paul. We'll continue the conversation. And those of you holding, don't go away. throwing his hat into the presidential race. He'd run as an independent. Good or bad idea? Who would it help? Who would it hurt? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Before the break, we were talking with Paul in uh, Washington on line one. Uh, uh, Paul, uh, please uh, continue. I brought up a couple of things before the break. Go ahead and you can finish up. Okay. Well, so we agree that uh, a Michael Bloomberg candidacy would more likely hurt Republicans more than Democrats, Right. I do think it would hurt the Republicans more than the Democrats. Right, yes. and, here, and, I th- and I think out of the Democrats, it would hurt Bernie more than Hillary. Uh, oh, well, if, if Bernie were the nominee, you say, okay, we have to consider versus, versus who is the, is the Democratic nominee. Okay. Correct. But, and, and this is the thing that I wonder about. This, because there's so much, I guess, discontent on the Republican side, this Trump effect is, is spreading out as if everybody's unhappy. And I don't think Democrats are all that unhappy. There is, there are um, ideological differences in the Democratic Party between Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton. Now, I'm a Bernie supporter, but I'm not going to have any problem voting for Hillary Clinton at all, should she be the nominee. I mean, it's like this. You fight as hard as you can. This is the, the, the primary is the purity test. You fight as hard as you can at that time and let the chips fall where they may. Um, as someone I heard say this morning, oh, I know it. I won't bring that up. But um, okay, so if Bernie isn't the nominee, I will gladly support Hillary Clinton for different reasons than the one the reasons that I'm supporting Bernie Sanders. You see what I'm saying? Well, I, I would. Can, I, would I, can, I think. I mean, I would think that if you're a Democrat, just like Republicans, you stand behind whoever is your party's person. But the the thing is that what the Republicans are they're in a, they're. Uh, you know, they're in a, between a rock and a hard place, as they say, because 
the, Donald Trump is leading their leading the polling in their in their party, Very but true. he's not their guy. He's not their guy. Which he, is why I think. Which is why I think it would be smart if I were Michael Bloomberg. It, 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 I would throw my hat into the ring, and I do think that he would pull away from Trump. And as a Democrat, I would be very happy for but that. But why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he throw his hat in the ring as a Republican? Well, because he ran as an independent in his third quarter. The guy's formerly a Democrat who became a Republican. So, you know, maybe he's more, uh, you know, independent minded or, you know, maybe he knows that if he ran as a Republican with the numbers Trump is getting, the only way to upset the apple cart would to be putting an eye on his chest. You know what some people say? Some people, you know, I've seen people online, even Democrats, angry with Bernie. Um, You know, there is there's a National Socialist Party. And people say, look, if you're a socialist, why aren't you running as a socialist? And um, he's running as a Democrat, which is good that he's not splitting the vote, I guess, more so with me as a Democrat wanting uh, Hillary to be the nominee. But at the same time, he has been an independent, although he's caucused with the Democrats, and he's running now as a, de- as a Democrat. Oh, that's true. But the, the, the thing is, and here's the problem with – it's not the problem with Bernie Sanders – is that Bernie Sanders isn't really a socialist. I mean, well, he even we're, we're, says we're, he's, he, he says he's, not, he's a democratic socialist. He, and there's a he's not a socialist. I'm a socialist. I'm more. Tell, tell me, okay, because everybody's into the definitions here. Define. Tell me the difference. Define it for me as to how, what you are versus why you're a socialist and why Bernie isn't. Without taking all the time left in the hour. Uh, okay, I'll give you a one sentence definition of socialism. Socialism is public ownership of productive gain. And a reinvestment of that gain into into public works. You know, see, I've I've always thought of so, so, I've, I've I've always thought of socialism as com, you know completely wanting uh, the government and thinking that capitalism is bad. Whereas progressive, um, although they you know they know that capitalism to some degree, is essential for a robust economy. They want government regulation over the capitalists. Yeah, but see, there isn't any pure, there is no pure uh, economic system that's purely socialist or purely capitalist or, or, or even purely communist. It's, I agree with you. None of those will work. So, and, and let me... Oh, let wait, me wait, 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 well, yeah, I guess we couldn't say North Korea is even communist. Oh, Go ahead. No, and they're not working very well. But the, the thing is, is that, uh, first of all, uh, the, the things like Social Security and Medicare and public schools, those aren't socialism because they're not productive gain. Those are just insurance programs that we, just because you pay in, everyone pays into it doesn't make it socialism. And the other thing is, is that we already have socialist programs. Matter of fact, we have more socialism in red states than anywhere else. I would give you as examples, Sarah Palin's Alaska, where the state has ownership in the oil and the mineral rights. Same as holds true in Texas, where they use the, uh, the, the, the mineral rights in Texas to pay for their their colleges and universities. And what do you think the Tennessee Valley Authority is? Those are all red states that have socialist programs. So what you can do with socialist programs if you have, as I said, public ownership of productive... Wait, wait a minute. Every, every state has a socialist program because every state has people in it that may be uh, recipients of Social Security and Medicare. But I said those are not social. That's not socialism. I don't agree with you. It is well, socialism. It's, it's not. It doesn't. It's not socialism by the definition I just gave you. Because well, by your definition, okay. By social. Well, I said public ownership of productive gain. And what happens when you have public ownership of productive gain, like uh, utility type things, is that you can reinvest that gain, and when you can cut your taxes, you can cut taxes, and that's what they do in states where they have. Uh, things like that. You can cut taxes because you use the reinvestment of that gain into your public works like your colleges and universities, and then you, can, you don't have to have as high a taxes to, to make it work. 
So it's not purely socialism. Uh, Bernie Sanders is, is talking about social, uh, about strengthening the social programs we already have. That's, he's not talking about the government, and most people think it's the government owning the means of production, but just because it's, it's public ownership doesn't mean it's, it's necessarily government. It's, there are, you know, we have, you have public oversight of, of the productive gain, but that doesn't mean that, uh, that doesn't mean the government owns it. Okay. It, 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 could, it could also mean the, the, the people, for instance, the Green Bay Packers are owned by the city of Green Bay, right? Yep. Okay, so we have we have socialism we have socialism all kinds of places, but um, what Bernie Sanders is talking about is not is not purely socialism, in in the sense he's talking about ex- expanding. And by the way, the the healthcare the difference and we're getting far afield here. The difference between Bernie and Hillary, in my view, has to do with the healthcare system. Which uh, first of all, Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, didn't change very much about the healthcare system at all. It is still as complex and unruly and unwieldy as it ever was. No, no, and no question about that. This is not a single-payer plan, but a single-payer plan wouldn't have passed. So when we have over 10 million people insured versus those 10 million people not being insured, when it's a step in the right direction, because the Medicare program and Social Security we have today has been changed half a dozen or more times since its inception. It's not a perfect plan, but it's better than what we have before, which was nothing. Do you know how many health insurance plans, categories of health insurance plans we have in this country? Thousands. No, eight categories. We have Medicare, Medicaid. We have private insurance, private commercial insurance, your Cygnus, your Aetna's, and so on. We have the Blues, the Blue Cross Blue Shield. We have HMOs. We have PPOs. We have we have the Children's Health Care Insurance Program, and we have the VA. There's eight of them. And besides that, we have six different charging hospitals rates for hospitals charge six different rates. And so all that are applied to all these different things. It's crazy. Yeah, but th- this is not this is not uh, because of Obamacare. Because no, quite frankly, not. it was just as bad, Obama- if not oh. it was just as bad, if not worse, uh, prior. But even if it w- even if we had, and I know everybody thinks, so, even if we had single payer, it's not as cut and dry as that, Paul. Um, I'll give you an example. All right, medical technology is far uh, above and uh, beyond uh, the insurance company's um, ability to keep up. So, for example, the, my husband's a very cutting edge no pun intended, orthopedic surgeon. Ah. So he will do things that are not experimental, but they're new. And the insurance company doesn't even have what's, what's called a CPT code, diagnostic right. code for it. So right. um, they're, you know, they have a diagnosis. But So my, my husband will spend you know, nine hours on this new surgery that will you know, help a guy maybe in a wheelchair not be in a wheelchair. And we have to fight for over a year for him to get a penny for it because the insurance company doesn't know what it's called. Now, you, you follow right, that down. You know it's, it's the same in the drug industry and the pharmaceutical industry. There are people out there that have prescriptions. There are people out there, myself included, that have had prescriptions for drugs. drugs there are no generic form for and are paying even with insurance a lot of money. Medicare, so this is this is a very – honestly, I, don't, I, I think it would take a lifetime and then some to, to repair this fully. Well, the, at least Medicare has an outlier payment uh, system for that kind of thing that your husband does. Whereas the insurance companies, if they don't have a code... Well, that is not correct. Medicare also has to have a code. You are incorrect. Well, they have a code. Yeah, I understand they have to, but they do have outlier, they do have outlier compensation for it. 
No, they don't. Well, then how does he get paid? Well, because you have to fight and you have to go before a board and you have to present everything. and Or you have to just wait. And a year or two later, the insurance company catches up to the technology because they're like, hey, there's this new thing that they're doing. You know, let, let's find out about that. And, you know, when hundreds of doctors are doing it, then it becomes uh, the norm and is not as cutting edge anymore. Well, then and, they have uh, to come under a And UCR. they have to come they up with a code. To, it has to come under UCR, the uh, usual, uh, whatever they call it, the usual... A 999. Um, it, it's called a 999. And, and you can't get paid. But usually you can't get paid. You've got to fight like hell for those. Uh, I appreciate your, your call, Paul. But it's okay. not just about being paid. I'm, I'm talking about from that angle because I know that angle very well, you know, being part owner of a medical company. But um, I'm, I'm just using that as an example. They don't even have – so that's how come sometimes people out there are paying a higher copay, coinsurance, or deductible than they should but because the insurance company – is not on the same page as the hospital but, or, the do- just, or the doctor. One more thing, if I just finish up. The, what we have now, our, our, our medical system, such as it is, as complicated as it is, uh, it, it is, is victim to something called path dependence. In other words, just because it developed, we have things that have been in the past that are still part of our system that have nothing to do with, what, with why those things popped up 70 or 80 years ago. So we have we have things still in our system and if you remember in 1993 when hillary clinton was doing hillary care and the republicans offered a plan called um, the health equity and access reform today act which is what we really now have as obamacare even it's though they very, it's it. very similar correct yes and and so uh i don't know why hillary, i don't know what hillary had in mind but uh they our inspectors uh staff had drawn a, a, a schematic, essentially, it looked like a computer, computer schematic uh, circuit board of our health care system, and then Bob Dole came along and said, that's what Hillary Care is supposed to be. But no, actually what it was, was, was that's what we have now. It's such a complex, complex convoluted mess that I, I guess we just have it because. It's kind of ridiculous that we just have a complex, convoluted mess just because. Just because it's too much work to fix it. And really, it's not too much work if all we have to do is offer uh, uh, Medicare as a, as a public option that you can buy into, and eventually. We'll I, I know you think I know you think that, Paul. But to dismantle somebody something as complicated is 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 just as timely, costly, and complicated as well. Doesn't mean it shouldn't happen and it won't yeah. happen. Okay. I'm just I'm just saying and, that and there'll be lots of re, there'll be lots of resistance, and lots of competing interests, and in so there'll be yes, lots of resistance. You're right. Yeah. All right, Paul. Always good talking to you. Good Thank having the you. conversation today. Let's go to line two with Dave. and hum- oh, Should we take a break and then go to Dave or go to Dave then break? We're going to uh, go to Dave in Humboldt County on line two. Uh, Dave, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Wow, I can't believe you got to me, Leslie. I listen to your show every day and I call you often, but for one reason or another, you usually don't get quite this far down. But in any event, yes, I do believe we need runoff voting. We definitely need some alternatives. I know firsthand that we have a Republican Party totally owned by big corporate special interests. I know that we have a Democratic Party not far behind. And these big corporate special interests that own these parties, they're not looking just for good government. They have something that they want in return. And that's what I called because that's what I'd like to talk to you about. We need alternatives to those who simply have a handout to the big corporations. So right now, we have a big exception. Bernie Sanders is not really 
a member of the Democratic Party. He was told that's the only way he had any chance at all. He had to be a member of one of the two major border parties. But he, for the most part, all of his funding is coming from struggling, hardworking, poor people that can afford to pay maybe five, ten, twenty, thirty bucks. And that's all of his money. He doesn't have the big Halliburton, Boeing, General Electric money, Wells Fargo insurance companies. That's owning our Republicans and our Democrats. That's the ugly America today. I think I'm giving you the reason why a lot of my calls don't get through. <laughs> uh, I have some hot issues, but I think we definitely, definitely take a, need to take a look at it. We need alternatives. Well, I don't, I, and I don't think you're alone in that, Dave. I thank you for listening. I thank you for calling. We do have to take a break because I'm up against time. And, and I don't think you're alone in that opinion. Uh, when we come back, let me see. Nick in Massachusetts, you were next, buddy. I see your phone went out. Give us a buzz. 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. If you're holding, hang tight. If not, pick up the phone and join me. Is America ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for a third-party candidate? Why or why not? 888-6LESLIE. 888-653-7543 is now the time for a third-party candidate. 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. What would you think of Michael Bloomberg, the former mayor of New York, three-term mayor, threw his hat into the ring? He's going to use his own money. 888-6LESLIE, which could appeal to some Bernie people. 888-653-7543. And if Michael Bloomberg were to win, and run, excuse me, run, who would he take votes away from? Trump, Cruz, Hillary, Bernie, or none of the above. 8886-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Coming back to your calls, also your tweets. We got a lot of them. Follow me on Twitter, at Leslie Marshall. Leslie Marshall, real people, real life. Real Talk. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. Calls 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Let's start with, is it Walter in New Mexico line? It's Water. Okay, Water in New Mexico line one. I thought they forgot an L there. Hi, Water. Good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Leslie. I want to say two things. First, intimating that Ralph Nader had anything to do with the loss of Mr. Gore is ridiculous. I disagree. There, I di- I disagree. There are liberal. There are liberals that would have voted for Al Gore if Ralph Nader had not won. The reason Gore lost had nothing to do with how many votes he got. It had to do with the Supreme Court. Wait, 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 wait. If he had the votes from Ralph Nader, it never would have had to go to the Supreme Court. Important 
as a detail such as Chinese. Well, we disagree on that. And and, and what else did you have to say today? Because we completely are going to disagree on that. I can't disagree. It's what happened was he gave them, they gave him, they, they took the vote away from Gore when he won. And that's simple. That's easy. That's history. Ralph Nader twice spoiled the campaign by splitting the vote. And like I said, so we're not going to agree. Anything else that you have? Okay, uh, I guess so. Uh, Water, give us a buzz back another time. Let's go to line two with Joe. Joe, good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon, Leslie. How are you? Good. Um, What do you think about this? Um, You know, I kind of feel that Hillary's supporters are going to support Hillary in the general. Uh-huh. I mean, if she gets nominated, same with, same with Bernie Sanders. Oh, no, you, you um, don't mean in the general. You mean in the you mean in the uh, primary. Well, yeah, in the primary. Um, but but actually, if Bloomberg should you know put his name in the hat, yeah. I kind of believe that he's going to uh, you know take the moderate Republican vote because Trump doesn't have a hundred percent Republican supporting him. You know, that that would be the vote that would not, you know, go for, you know, a Democratic politician, but they would go for an independent that, you know, is fiscally conservative. I, and I agree, I I agree with you there, John, because uh, of time. Give me a buzz another time. Let's go to Jake in California, line three. Jake, good afternoon. Hi, Leslie. You know, the, the people in the Green Party have never taken credit for what they did uh, to Al Gore. Ralph Nader definitely did help defeat Al Gore, especially in Florida. Al Gore would have won those electoral votes. If it wasn't for Ralph Nader's campaign. Thank you. That, that's exactly what I was saying. I agree. Thank you, Jake. I love you. <laughs> oh, that was it. Okay, very quickly. Oh, we don't run out of time. Hey, listen, happy Monday. I hope everybody enjoyed the show. I always enjoy having you with us tomorrow, uh, 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern, every Monday through Friday, right here, wherever you're listening, online, on the radio. Be sure to call in tomorrow, 888-6LESLIE. want to thank, thank my great crew, Marky Mark Grimaldi and Andrew Tomedy, my executive and assistant producers who make this radio show and all things Leslie Marshall possible, as do all of our great crew. Go to our website, check them out, lesliemarshallshow.com.